All right, we have a bullhorn announcement from Lynn before we get started. The Eastern Seattle Railroad Society, a.k.a. Ridgecrest Club, has announced its October open house plan and has invited the High Desert Modular Model Railroad Club, a.k.a. High Desert Club, into a combined event. Dates are October 24th and 25th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on both days. Free admission and parking. COVID safety cautions are going to be in place. Face masks must be worn at all time and distances observed. All layouts will be separate in two separate buildings near each other. The address is 520 South Richmond Road, Ridgecrest, California, 93555. I'll get through this here before I'm over with. If you have any questions or information that you want, you can email info at hdmmrc.com. Welcome to episode 147 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley of Wiley Scale Modeling. So we're going to jump right into it this week. We have Dave Meek and Jake Johnson from Crescent Creek Models back for our Eats Eats our Eats episode. Our, our Eats episode. Our Eats episode. I've just got food on the brain apparently. Our East Meets West episode. Um East eats west. <laughs> it's late here, so I could actually go for a snack right now. But... Yeah. Yeah. I guess it means I'm just thinking about food or something. But... <laughs> Anyways. So hey, how are you guys doing? It's good to see you. Hear you. Hey, it's good, good, to, good to hear you. you too. <laughs> I, I concur. Oh, yeah. boy. We already started off funny here tonight. So, mm-hmm. uh, boy. Um, what is new? It, on uh, the West Coast, uh, and what do you have going on with uh, Crescent Creek? Well, Jay, we have our – yeah, yeah, I'll take it. We have our last chance gas station in HO scale, and we've got those kits available. And an we awesome are working kit, on an S scale version of uh, the last chance uh, gas. Mm-hmm. We're working on an HO scale version of the Disney Barn. Of course, some of you probably already knew that. Oh, yeah. And uh, since I've had some extra time on my hands, we've been designing some other new kits. I'm not sure how quickly I want to start talking about all that stuff because we actually want to promise what we deliver. So, yeah, <laughs> right. That. Um, <laughs> now, and, and I've been uh, working, making models. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And, and um, now, that's a, that's a lot. It's a lot on the plate right there. So, is um, is the um? We, there we go. We're going back to food again. But if we uh, with the um, the the new kits. That's the Conoco gas station, right? They, they yeah. Have. Yeah. Okay. And now you've done that. Have you done that in no scale now as well, or? No, uh, okay. we're kind of waiting uh, for some interest in, in the O-scale kit okay. because we haven't had a lot yet. It doesn't mean we're not saying no, but we got to get some interest before we commit to the uh, – mm-hmm. Yeah, doing it in O-scale, O-scale kit. 
it oh would, my god yeah, it would be gorgeous but uh the, you know as soon as you blow everything up to a quarter inch scale the cost of everything goes up it's got oh, this, sure. this kid has got you know dozens of of uh, castings in it you know lots of detail parts and stuff like that so to offer that in a scale it, you know it's a little it's a, it's a little uh, it's a little expensive so we really have to gauge the interest to see if we're going to go that route so and is it is it, it, it hard to happen oh okay is it harder to find o scale castings to match the o the h o scale castings like you put well, the h o scale we, castings in and i know not all the time you have the same right. selection or you know mm-hmm. available in o scale that you do in h o for detail parts right I, there's, there's I of course, there's more of everything available in HO. So yeah. that's, that's, you yeah. know, it, it, it's, there's, a, there's always a challenge there, but yeah, there's, there's actually quite a lot available in, uh, in O scale from a couple of different vendors that we work with. So, and you said you're yeah. going to do that in S scale as well, correct? Yeah. That one is in, is in production now. The S scale okay. kit is in production. So we'll be, we'll be announcing that and it'll be available to order sometime in the near future. Nice. Is it is it hard to find or is it harder yet to find those same kind of parts and details in S scale than it is in O scale yet? Well, yeah, we had to do some things. Them. Yeah, I, we had to do some things a little differently. We have some laser cut detail parts that we're including in this kit. So there'll be some laser cut uh, tools and and clutter and things like that. We found oh, nice. a, a Ford flathead. Uh, head gasket image online and turn that into a tiny little 164 scale head gasket to just kind huh. of toss around, lean up against the wall. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to uh, 3D print a tiny, uh, we found a Ford radiator image on eBay. And what's nice about when you find an image on eBay uh, or a listing, sometimes it'll give you the measurements. So when I'm talking to the guy who's doing our 3D printing, I say, hey, can you print me this? Here's the photos. And by the way, the measurements are there. So just convert that to 164 scale. And he's printed up some really nice parts for us. He's uh, printing up our our, uh, gas pumps. He's printing up the uh, oil cans, uh, the sign bracket, the unique Conoco oil hyboid that's out in front that would be in all three scales if we make the O scale one. And then there's a tiny little picture. I, I went a little bit uh, Sharpie rivet counter on this one and tried to match as many details in the photos. Right. Wow, that must have been tedious to have to, to, to come up with that and match up details like that. And, well, um, yeah, so so it's 3D print, it's castings, and we're going to have the same amount of detail, but they're not going to match. You know, yeah. it'll still be gas station detail. So, uh that's kind of what we're doing. You, you get the hero pieces, mm-hmm. like the gas pumps right. and the sign brackets right. and things like that, mm-hmm. things that make the scene. And that's what I think is yes. cool about your stuff is is that you go to that. Uh, I've noticed what you did the, the Cowwood Barn, that you, you guys go to that extra detail level, level to try and make it, you know, as almost prototype as possible. And um, But it's... It, you you take that extra time in in your design because you guys are also great modelers too. So that that I think that plays into producing um, a unique style kit. Well, thank you. Well, you David, know, there's, there's, I, there's, thanks. 
you go go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, Dave and I have a real eye for detail, but I think Dave probably has some more to add to that. So go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is is um, there, there's the concept of informed detail, which is which that's kind of a Disney thing. It's like okay. Uh, what what details do you need to put this story across and make it believable and 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 you know what do you need to leave in and what can you leave out because clutter for clutter's sake is can be you know it beca- it can become visually confusing so you yeah. it's picking picking and choosing the details of where to place them is a real is a real art you know you That's- you got to you got to have enough to get the story across, you know, too little and it looks dead and barren and too much. And it looks like a, a junkyard. And you talked, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And Dave's yeah. talked about this before on our show, both the other times, this is the third or fourth time we've had you guys on. And, and Dave, you've always said about that storytelling with your modeling. And uh, that's right. one of those things that you drive and, you know, it doesn't have to be true to be a good story. No. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're talking about, right? It doesn't have to be true. Yeah, I know. Yeah, some, some, you know, the best stories are the ones probably aren't true, you know? It just <laughs> has to, it just has to, it's like going to the movies, you know? It's, it just has to suspend, you just have to have that suspension of belief long enough <laughs> to, to get the enjoyment out of it. That's all that, that's all you need, really. Cool. Yeah. Brett, are you there? I'm here. I was just listening. What are you doing? I'm listening in. Oh, okay, okay. He's enjoying the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now that that's that's great. Now the the uh, the kits will be the kits will be are they they're available now for the HS scale? Yes. Okay. Yeah. HS scale is available online now at CrescentCreekModels.com. Okay. Oh, that's great. And you said something earlier before we got started about an, uh, an unboxing. Is that going to be is that on that particular yes, I'm I'm editing a video so right now so I can show everyone exactly what's in the kit, show them what the instructions look like, and show them all the parts and castings and everything that that come with the kit. Uh, and that will be out uh, the same day that this uh, podcast airs. So. Oh, that'll be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now that we've now that'll that... be on the on the Crescent Creek uh, YouTube YouTube channel. So very cool. All right, Crescent and Creek and your various Creek. social media outlets. We'll <laughs> make sure. Right, we'll put a link up on that. Yeah, we'll put a link yeah. to your YouTube channel on the show notes here. That'll be fantastic. Cool. Now, and I, it um, sounded like I, you know, it sounded like we kind of um, are, you know, influencing that 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 unboxing a little bit. So I'm excited, just because of the date. Yeah. The date we had the, the, before we started. Dave was like, "And when's this going to go live?" So I'm like, "Oh, it's that's Friday. Great time. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah." That's my. That's just my marketing brain, you know, trying to tie it. It works perfectly. It works perfectly. So I can't wait. <laughs> that's that's, there, that's, a, that's synergy you've heard tell about. <laughs> is there a price point? What's the price point on that kit? Uh, the kits are seventy-two dollars. Oh, that's great! And you're getting a bunch that's with it. Yeah, that's because awesome. Yeah, and most of it, it's it's all laser cut, and it's got. It's got a, a bunch of beautiful signs that come with adventure signs. You can you can make it a Texaco, you can make it a Conoco, you can make it a Freelance gas station, right? And uh, you know, and it's got all the castings and beautifully illustrated instructions, if I do say so myself. And 
Now, the, now the gas station. Is Dave is the Dave is the master of instructions. Can I just <laughs> say I can't believe this is Dave's uh, second like of our kits set of instructions, and he's just received so many compliments when when people look at our instructions for stuff. I, nice. I just I look at the stuff, and for, for me, when I get a kit, the first thing we all do is look at the instructions, and those instructions are kind of like your first gauge of am i going to enjoy putting this together or is this going to be a hassle mm-hmm. how much do i have to read well there might be a little bit of reading but you're going to enjoy it you're going to see the the things come together and and uh, dave i i'm really yeah. glad that dave works with me on this <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's an thank art. you my partner jake yeah you know it's it's, uh, it, it's fun for me to do because uh, I, I enjoy doing that kind of stuff and i try to keep it you know, light and conversational and as clear as humanly possible, trying to always think, you know, what is someone who has never seen this before, you know, what do they need to know to, to yeah. go on to the next step? So, yeah. And, and that's an art. There's only a handful of, there's probably only a handful of people that can really put out great instructions like that. There, there, there's ones that make out decent ones, but I mean, really great instructions that, that make you feel like you're had that person there building with you. Um, that's a key. I mean, one of the best well, ones, and we don't just mention a... them enough, is, is Bar Mills. I mean, if you've listened, right. um, um, yeah. is their their instructions are, you know, when I anytime I've ever built a Bar Mills, I always felt like those guys, I have you know Jack and Art sitting in there in a room with me mm-hmm. while I'm building it, and uh, you know, so yeah. that's that's a, um, and I'm glad they're not because I think that would be annoying. But it might be kind of would, weird too. But it would be, be, weird, uh, it? be a little <laughs> yeah, weird. It would be, huh? <laughs> they jump out of the box. We can make our own Disney movie. But uh, especially if they said, "Hey, wait, 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 you did that wrong." Call no, Toy Story. Call Toy Story. <laughs> uh, Toy Story wasn't Disney, was it? No. Yeah. That yes, it was. Oh, yeah. We'll call Toy Story. Perfect. So they jump out of the box and they help me out with the bottle and yeah. Okay. <laughs> when you close the box, they jump back inside. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Clean up, clean up my mess while I yeah. go eat dinner. Well, you know, we, we, we've all we've all had the frustration of working on stuff with, and, and I'm not just necessarily talking about model kits either. I'm talking about you know IKEA furniture and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> stuff, stuff, stuff you get for the kids on Christmas morning, and the, and the instructions are all in Chinese. Oh yeah. Like okay, uh, yeah. we've all had that frustration of sure. bad directions. So. Absolutely. You know, that's where I'm always coming from. I want, how, how can I make this as clear and <laughs> fun and interesting as possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, lots of pictures. <laughs> lots, lots of pictures. Of lots pictures. of illustrations. Lots of, okay, do this, do this, next. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so now, um, the what what's next? In, do you have anything? Now, you did say that you have the future down the line you have here. Uh that in HO scale and you're going to do the Carolwood barn in HO scale. How much of a difference was it going, doing the, uh, is it going to be going from doing the, your Carolwood was, that was done in the S scale, correct? Well, it was, no, it was kind of a o. small O scale. Yeah. Oh, small O scale. Yeah. Okay. Well, is, is it going to be a, is it going to be harder to do breaking it down in the HO scale? Is it going to be, um, is there going to be differences between the two be based on the scale? Well, yes. let's just say there's going to be less parts. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's going to be easy. Less... It'll, it'll actually be easier to build. It'll be actually yes. a lot easier to build than the O scale part. 
Oh, Rose okay. Barn is, would, I, you know, I, I, that's a, I'd say it's like a level three <laughs> craftsman kit. You got to have some, you know, you need to have some craftsman kit building experience to do a good job on that. Right. And, uh, but uh, this, the, the HO kit will be, well, just one of the differences um, with the HO kit, it's going to have, I don't think we've talked about this publicly before, Jake, but it's going to have a milled uh, board and batten siding. Yes. Uh, whereas nice. On, so whereas on the O scale kit, you applied the battens individually, which looks yeah. fantastic, but yeah. it takes forever. <laughs> so right, right. on the HO kit, you know, they'll already be building into the into the basswood sheet so that's just one difference and we're also looking at i don't know I should, maybe i shouldn't talk about this jake but or the, oh, the, I, 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 i'll, I'll metal, tell, uh, drop a couple hints just just so we're 3d printed windows and stuff like that yeah 3d printed we had the windows 3d printed because ah. we just felt like the parts were too small to mm-hmm. construct okay in ho scale uh we cut yeah, some out kind of kind of went so we did that. There won't be uh, the interior paneling uh, detail that was the inner core of uh, of the O scale one. You'll be building this with bracing, like most of your standard HO uh, kits. Okay. Okay. So that, that'll kind of save. If you want to, but yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it won't. It won't have the laser cut interior core. Right. So slightly simplified and probably also. A, a, a lower price point than the O-Scale kit was. Cool. Gotcha. gotcha. So, so one thing we did with the O-Scale barn that we're doing different with the HO, the O-Scale barn, Walt wanted that barn to look like a big barn on his piece of property. So he reduced the scale of it so it had all these features in a very small footprint. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave and I went back and forth about, well, how big is the HO barn going to be? Is it going to be a smaller scale barn too? And we decided it needs to be the size of real HO people and maybe real HO animals. Not that there's any that much animal access for that barn, but so that you can put it in a scene and it's an HO scale barn and not a five eighths HO scale barn right. like, like, like the real one is. Okay. So right. we figured it had a so little bit more versatility look, in people's scale. layout. Yeah. That's the problem when you're trying to do a, a model of almost anything uh, from Disney is that, you know, it's, they're they're designed and built specifically for the visual impact where they are. Right. So if you, you know, so a lot of times they're scaled down, there's forced perspective used. And this all, you know, Walt's Barn was the first example of this. He used forced perspective on his own property, you know, before he even building Disneyland. So, <laughs> You know, so anytime you try to do that, there's always that 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 discussion of do we build it, do we make it full size so it looks right with uh, equipment. The thing with right. the scale barn, it looks great with ON30 equipment, right? You know, or ON3 equipment. Um, but with HO, we're concerned it might look a little diminutive uh, with a full size, gotcha, you know, like gotcha. standard gauge train trains going by. So yeah. I have a so quick question on yeah. this. Uh, when sure. you were saying Walt used forced perspective on his full scale, like regular barn, what was he yeah. doing? I it just inter- I'm just interested in what what he did on the full scale version. Uh, I, I think well, I can answer a couple questions. Go ahead. Okay. Um, typically, when you make board and batten siding, you've got a 12 inch board with a one by three or a one by two uh, covering each seam of oh. the 12 inch boards. 
Okay. Walt used narrower boards. And by using narrower boards, he made the scale of it look he, – he, sh- he shrinked the dimensions, and it made the barn look larger because gotcha. visually you think they're 12-inch boards, but if you were to go and measure them, they're about 8 inches. Okay. So that's one thing he did. I, I don't know, Dave, is there some things that you noticed? Uh, that, oh, that's yeah, it's all that stuff, the, the reveal on the shingles and stuff like that is the size and reveal on the shingles. Remember when we measured all that stuff? And, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, the whole thing is 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 scaled down. Uh, gotcha. From from what a full size barn. But he added yeah. or he he changed minor features to mm-hmm. em, like to emphasize the the yeah. almost to make it look well, you know, it, it looks was, bigger. Yeah, he was in the movie business, so it's all illusion. You know, it's all it's all illusion making to right you know, so that visual impact. He built a sag into the roof and into the front door. You know, so. <laughs> To make it look older than it was, things like that. <laughs> Why? I, I was just curious. Yeah. I mean, you were saying his his full size barn, and he did that as well. And I was like, oh, well, I, I have to, I have to know what he did. Yeah. If, because just... it wasn't, it, it wasn't going to be used as a barn. He wasn't going to have wagons and horses in it. Mm-hmm. He was using it as workshop for his miniature railroad. So he didn't want it to look enormously out of scale. A on the property where it was, you know, by his wife's flower garden, <laughs> and B. Enormously out of scale to his uh, his uh, his miniature train. Well, and plus so, he's an artist, yeah. so he had to do something. <laughs> right, and he had some very good artists working. He had some very good artists working for him. True. <laughs> <laughs> it helped, it helped with that. Yeah. But it's not just a barn; it's an art project at this point. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it something is. he's working on. Very much so. so anyways, right. sorry, I was just interested in what if you knew if you were able to tell us anything that he had done, just because that's pretty cool. Yeah, it went through the incredible oh, yeah, like magic uh, Disney shrinking machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. oh. it, it's, it's it's the it's the cutifier. You put it in there. Ah. Whatever you put in one end, it's like a realistic building comes out of the other. It's cute on the other end, but it comes out it's cute and charming. And it has magically that turns cute. So it magically turns gives it charm and appeal like a Main Street building or something like that. So huh. it's, it's like having a pony. What, that's what they did. Uh, yeah. It's like having a pony. There you go. Like having a now, pony. If you, but not since you guys pony, bite. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, since you guys did the HO scale in in actual HO scale, um, yes, I see why. You know, because you know, if, if somebody gets that, they're gonna want to put it on their layout. They're want to gonna put, you know, they're gonna want to put animals or, like you said, a tractor or something like that right. next near it. And so you yeah. want it to look, you know, it's it's kind of tough to incorporate Walt Disney's barn into a, a layout situation, you know, um, amongst, you know, unless you're recreating Walt Disney's homestead or something like that. But if you're just going to put it in your town, yeah, right. you, you, you want you want that option to be able to be, like you said, versatile with it. I think that's genius, actually. Right. I'm building it. I'm taking one of the models that we built uh, when they were, you know, designing the kit, uh, the one I built for the instructions, and I'm actually working it into my layout. So it it does work. Uh, Particularly, it works well in OM30. Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, But you're right. The the HO scale one, well, for for example, there's that side door, the man door Mm -hmm. on the side of the building. And if you go to Griffith Park and you measure that door, it's not a full, you know, Six yeah. and six foot eight inch d- door. It's, right. it's smaller than scale. <clears throat> so you know, 
if you want to blow it up, well, that's a good place to start. You start by making that door full size. Right. And then you just increase the dimensions all around that you know, right. to get it to a, a more a more of a scale uh, for HO. Cool. Now, yeah. the the windows, you said they're they're going to be um, – I'm oh, sorry. They're going to be uh, 3D, 3D printed. 3D printed, yeah. 3D and printed, yeah. and who, did you design them yourselves or – did you... We just uh, we just took the information from the O scale ones, reduced it to the scale we wanted, oh, okay. and then you just put all the layers together in the computer. So mm-hmm. most of the legwork was done. It was just was you know getting some of the dimensional things right. So we printed out something that's actually looks like a Titchy or a Grantline window and still has right. that same usability because uh, you know how how deep the window sits into the wall. Mm-hmm. is critical for rivet counters like me but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that you just we just wanted to have the right appearance uh, yeah, uh right. as opposed to scale and be practical sure. at the same time so now um so with that that being said um what because you've been you said you've also been busy building other models and such so what have you been doing outside of that on your own? We'll start we can start with Jake on this one. I've been working on a show called Micro Mayhem. Okay, and Micro Mayhem is uh being produced by Stupid Buddy Studios, which is the company I work for. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's because the Stupid Monkey Company from Robot Chicken and the Buddy System Studio got together ah. and created a new studio, <laughs> Stupid Buddy. Uh, that's, I just think so it's that's great their name. Paychecks from Stupid Buddy. Is that yeah? I was yeah, gonna, that's, yeah. That can't be any better on Friday morning than waking up when you see that you had a deposit from Stupid Buddy. That's that's from too Stupid good. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So, uh, yeah, and uh, John Favreau is involved in this, and Seth Green. Although I don't see them coming into the office, but uh, <laughs> I know they're looking at our stuff. And, That's cool. And That's cool. Given, yeah, it's going to be on the Quibi uh, streaming channel, which is only available on devices. I don't think you'll be able to watch it on your home computer. Huh. And everything on Quibi is really designed for a short attention span uh, duration of, of shows. Oh, so they're all so like, it's like perfect for us. Five minute ish shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so they're no. using uh, f- fancy tiny cameras and, you know, a lot of miniature scenery and structures. Cool. So oh, what yeah. exactly? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to go too into the show, but like what? What scale would you, are you currently? What, what scale are you working in for that? Everything's uh, HO scale. Oh wow! Oh okay. Yeah, so we're uh, you know I, I I'm an asset to this production because <laughs> anything that's built in the hobby scale in in HO scale, I probably already know what it is and where and how to buy it and who to get it from, sure. so that we've got these things in front of the camera. So that's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. That's been really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> now. The, the show itself is that you said it's going to be streamed and on, streamed on what? Quibi. I've heard of it, Jake. Quibi. Q U I B I. Is that, so that's an app on people? Can people get it on your phone or? Yes. Yes. Okay. I think you got to pay for it. Right. There's yeah. already there's already shows right now on the Quibi network. 
Okay. It's um. And so we're in the pipeline. It's one of those. It's a streaming device. It's it's mobile, but I think if if you have a Chromecast or something, you can you can cast it. Oh yeah. Okay. Don't I, don't I quote can, me yeah. on that though. Anyways, <laughs> that's awesome though. And the name of the show is yeah. what? Micro Mayhem. Okay. Is it out so right cool. now? No, it's not. Oh, okay. We haven't. Uh, I haven't finished uh, shooting the episodes yet. I, I I don't know how the deliverables work for, for this show. But if they've right. got one episode in the can, it it might not. They might want all of them so you can binge watch all of our episodes all at once. I cannot wait. Kind of thing. I'm looking at. Fun. I'm looking just, forward to seeing it. I just it. googled it, and uh, I see screenshots of stuff and hands. All I see is hands working on sets. On the Google image, yeah, search. you can see how you can see how tiny the cars are, and and th- there's a video of something that they made as a proof of concept uh, quite a few years ago, and you get to see them, uh, the cars racing around and all the effects, and, and it's stop motion. It's a little violent. <laughs> Is it stop motion? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It's all stop motion. It's a little violent. It's it's all stop motion. Is that what you asked me? Yeah. Bro? Yeah, it's all stop motion. That's cool. Yeah, lots yeah. of pictures. I'm intrigued come, by. Come again? What about the? It's it's lots of oh, the pictures? lots of photos. I'm intrigued yeah. by stop motion uh, animation. It's pretty cool. Um, it, it it's a it's a great marriage of of movie making and and old school animation and model making all kind of coming together. I'm I'm glad that the art of I'm stop motion check it still out. exists. Or. I'd be, you know, trying to figure out how to do something on the computer, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to check out this show now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. Oh, it's, so it's, now, it's, what it's, kind of modeling do they have you doing? I mean, is it structure modeling? or Structures and scenery, uh, foam carving, uh, tree making, mold ah. making, uh, painting and weathering. Oh, gee, that's a hard one. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh please don't make me weather uh, I've got and paint. To do some, yeah, yeah, I've got to do some design that they've laser cut for pieces that are, that are in the show. So that's cool too. So I, they're getting everything I got. So cool. Now you doing? Yeah. Do you, at that at that stage, you're doing that all day. Do you come home and want to model at home? <laughs> well, um, no. I, I, I try and do some design work here and there, but you know, to get out my own personal models. I, I uh, Dave, Dave and I will build our pieces that proof our kits. We'll do all of our test builds, and so a lot of it is test builds, doing um, uh, sign design and and ordering. So I, I I think that that that's kind of my hobby away from work is trying to figure out how to make Crescent Creek models <laughs> come along. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, yeah, Dave, what, are you, what still... have you been doing? Oh, sorry. I was just going to add to what, what Jake says. I hope people forgive us for the, the slow rate of development on our kits. It's like, you know, we both have other stuff going on. So yeah. it takes a while. But we promise you when it comes out, it's going to be the best we could possibly make it. You know, that's, that's uh, we're, we're into quality over quantity. Sure, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, what have I been doing? Like, well, yeah. it sounds boring. It sounds, it's going to sound boring compared to Jake. I mean, I've just been working on my layout. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the best. That, that sounds wonderful to me too, man. Uh, I've been working on that. I, you know, I, I did the pilot model for the for the gas station, uh-huh. which you see in all the photos in the in the uh, instructions. Um, 
That was a, a fairly recent build. And, uh, yeah, um, gee, what have I been working on? Oh, Can yeah, you I talk about the, the project you've been working on for the California client, Dave? Um, which one? <laughs> for da- for well, Dave? It, or it, for... It, it's a, it's a, the backyard. Oh, oh the backyard. Um, yeah, there's a there's a fellow in California who's, who's hired me to do a, a lot of basically to art direct a bunch of stuff for him. Uh, he has a a well known backyard railroad which is Disney themed, and I've been uh-huh. doing a lot of work for him uh, on that, um, d- designing a, stuff for his website and for his. Uh, please don't ask me to do web design. <laughs> <laughs> do not email me and ask me to design your website, <laughs> please. Whoever you are out there, don't do it. Uh, but I've been doing that stuff for him, and um, you know, new logos. Basically, creating a, a, an overall. He, he wanted a, a, an overall Disney look for his whole operation, so he hired me to uh, to basically art direct all that. Well, that's no uh, small that's task. For him. Uh, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of different little little jobs, and uh, <laughs> you know, so it's a, that that's kept me busy. You know, right. and uh, uh, you know that that's uh, that's the business side, and then and on uh, just the the model railroad. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to have uh, uh, the open studios uh, for the past few months. Right. Um, but uh, you know the, the studio is still open by appointment, so if people want to call or or uh, email me and make an appointment to come and visit the railroad, they can. Uh, I just don't have the open houses on on the first Saturday of the month. Um, right. But I've been working on uh, uh, working the Walt's barn into the layout. That's the latest thing. Um, uh, building a riverboat, uh, building the uh, the riverboat landing. You know, uh, I got inspired looking at your guys' stuff and and Jason Jensen, all that waterfront stuff. Like, like, you know, I need a waterfront (laughs) on Thunder Mesa. Of course, it's not on the ocean. It's in the desert, so it's a riverfront. Right. So, you know, I built a dock and and, uh, structures and cranes and and pilings and things like that. So that was fun. Uh, And now I'm building some boats to go along with that. Now, for your riverfront in the desert, what kind of soil Mm -hmm. is it? Are you doing like a red clay or what kind of soil are you using? Or, or bank embankment are you using along your water? It's very yeah, it's very much a red clay. And of course, if you if you go to the rivers here in the desert, like the Colorado and stuff like that, it's it's what you see is not just the local rock. You see it's stuff that's been washed down all the way from the Rocky Mountains. Okay. So there's uh, I have a I have a I have an impressive collection. <laughs> Some would call it, would call it obsessive collection of uh, rocks and soil. And sand and stuff from nice. all over uh, the Colorado Plateau area, from from the Rocky Mountains to Utah to Arizona, uh, different colors and shades and textures and consistencies. And I've got I've got I've got one uh, uh, bucket of uh, rocks I'm real proud of that I got near Uray, Colorado, which is great for riverbeds. So you know I throw that stuff in there. Now you see and that's mix something it all up until it looks right. That's something I got that... this bucket of rocks. And I'm real exactly. proud of it. Now, now you see, that, that's funny, this though. That's the but only hobby you can say that in, man. Otherwise, people would just think yeah. you're a, a nutso. But, I mean, not in this hobby. Well, what, now, now, now that's what's something. The difference between, what's the difference between a dirt collector and a dirt hoarder? Uh, <laughs> well, I actually use my dirt. So, you know, it's not like I'm just keeping it in jars. 
<laughs> now, now I have to replenish the supply from time to time. I run do out. You bake, I know, that's the big thing. Hmm? Do you bake your dirt? Do I bake my dirt? No. Okay. Now, I don't. Dave. I've heard um, people say, oh, you'll get bugs and stuff. The Thunder Mesa layout is 10 years old now. There's never been a problem with bugs. Yeah. There's no bugs. I so, sift it. Uh, you know, that's it. So, Dave. It's I been, it's been a topic lately. If there's something crawling system. around, I squish it. You know, it's because it's, Arizona, you know, you never know what you're going to find in there. There's nothing here right. that doesn't scratch, bite, or sting. So, you, you got to be careful. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't cook the dirt. Besides, yeah. there's so much iron in the rock. I, I might short out the microwave if I try. <laughs> so, got a light show going on. The whole neighborhood, the the lights, no, all the lights dim in the neighborhood real quick, and they come back. Dim. Now, like now, I wanted to hit on something you talked about that's kind of unique. Um, that that we don't have out here in the east is how you said that. You said that was the Colorado River. Yeah, basically the river I'm modeling is based on the Colorado. So it's called something different on Thunder Mesa, but yeah, right, yeah. right. But but what but what's interesting about that and kind of jealous in a way is in our area, um, like you know, so we're in the I don't know if you know the river, but the Susquehanna River in the east mm-hmm. goes from you yeah. know New York State uh, starts up in the Finger Lakes and it comes all the way down through PA and it ends in the Chesapeake. Chesapeake Bay it terminates right there near right. Baltimore, um, right. but the one thing that's unique, like you said, is you have a wide variety of like washdown uh, terrain that comes from all over the area, and our our region we don't really see that. You know, it's a lot of sandstone and limestone. That's really it. And um, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're in New York or you're in Maryland, where it ends, it's pretty much the same. Soil now sometimes there's some sandier sections, but for the most part it's all the same. And uh, right. it's cool that you get to do, you know, you'll have stones that don't necessarily uh, originate in your area washed down into some desert region. Right. Yeah. That's that's the idea. I mean, with the Colorado too, it goes through such a dramatic elevation change. You know, right. it starts in the Rocky Mountains and ends in the Gulf of, of California. Well theoretically and uh so it's 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 falling a lot so there's a lot of erosion going on and right all those different uh, environments that it passes through so, it's just yeah. it's just a very diverse um set of scenery that you can do with that and 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 our mm-hmm. you know what, what we model in the east coast is not very i mean whether you're in in new hampshire or connecticut or pennsylvania or maryland or even as far down to i'll venture to say like the carolinas um I mean, you'll have you'll have a variation in in terrain as far as uh, you know elevations, but you won't get much difference yeah. in what you model. It's the same kind of trees mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of the same soil types. Um, it's you know whether it's sand because you're closer to the shore or 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 limestone, but it's not much different. So it's cool to hear that because you get a wide variety of stuff. Yeah, you're what we're, you're what we call flatlanders out here. Now I will that's say all, that's all flat. We're kind of there, so where I kind of the Appalachians. That's flat. That's yeah. flat compared to the mountains. I mean, those are just hills. So and that's funny because you know for me, I would say I would say a flatlander is kind of like uh, the Midwest. You know, not necessarily us because oh, 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 absolutely we got I mean, at least we have some hills. We got a little bit of variation. That's true. 
That's Give us a little <laughs> credit Pennsylvania here. Has some, Pennsylvania has some lovely scenery. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, why so many people model it. it. Looks great. But you know, it's it's not as it's not as rugged. But anyways, it, I just found that interesting when you said that because I never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of the Colorado and uh, I can't don't I'm not gonna name other rivers, but there's a lot of there's a lot of variation out west that we don't get to to toy around with mm-hmm. here. Right. I think I've touched on this before, and what I try to do on my layout is, you know, there's so much just like, oh, how to model rocks. I'm not modeling rocks. I'm modeling <laughs> specific kinds of geology. You know, this, and so you have to know, you have to do a little research to know uh, what they look like in different environments. And that's one great, and you're absolutely right, out here in, in this part of the world, we have some amazing geology. You know, oh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. And Brett, the Susquehanna River actually starts. I knew you were going to say um, something. Yeah, <laughs> the Susquehanna River starts up near Cooperstown and that area in New York. It's not far from there, though. You're right. But oh, it, and if okay. you're just tuning in, welcome to River Chat. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dave, you said on your on your layout you have the you're doing a riverboat. You said I am, and and, and you're yeah. building that. Is that uh, your design, or is it kit? A no, kit. it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a wonderful O scale kit uh, by Simon Cox of uh, Kitwood Hill Models. He's in the UK, and speaking of great directions, he does he does really good instructions also, um, and it's it's a really nice laser cut kit of a uh, of a uh, small uh, river steamer, very similar to the ones that once plied the lower Colorado River here in Arizona. Oh, wow. So I snatched one of those up. I think riverboats are terrible. I think riverboats yeah, are a, so it's cool. A, it's, a, it's a paddle, stern wheel, paddle wheel. Oh, thing. nice. So it's a, yeah, it's really cool. It's a cool little kit. One of these days I'm going to finish it. Some people have been following the gold <laughs> and they're like, hey, when are you going to, hey, Dad, when are you going to finish that riverboat? Well, it's, it's on the table. <laughs> Is it going to play music when it goes kit. by, Dave? No. <laughs> it's not going to play music, but I, I do have the uh, I do have the an MP4 of the Mark Twain whistle and, Ooh, and the yeah. sound of the engine from from Disneyland. Nice, so you're nice. Press, you'll press a button on the fascia, and have a, the, the the beautiful steam whistle sound will be. Oh my gosh, so. that's so amazing! That that's so great. Cool. I love I love adding stuff like that. That's like my favorite thing is to add those little. I think that's awesome. Files and lights and stuff. I put lights in everything too. So that's one of the now, things that takes me so long on these builds is I have to figure out how to fit lights. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of lighting do you use over your layout? I have a combination of uh, of uh, LED lighting um, and uh, a few uh, halogen spots okay. to pick out certain scenes, and then there's uh, LED strip lighting that goes around the whole layout, and it's oh. usually on, on blue. And what that does, if you look at the pictures, it adds a beautiful blue sky cast to the whole oh, thing. Right. And when you dim the lights, the the house lights and the rest of the room with the layout, it looks like moonlight. So oh, it's, cool. uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You showed, you told us about that. Oh, was that you, was... you've probably seen. So if you if you looked at the if you go. In the, Look at the website. You'll see the, the the nighttime shots. You know, with all the 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 lanterns flickering and all that stuff in the moonlight. And uh, it wasn't yeah. you that told us. It was Stephen Hayworth uh, did that. Is what he's one of our patrons mm-hmm. as well. And he we yeah. had him on the show, and he was talking about doing that with his as well. 
But that is such yeah. a cool idea. Wow. It just adds a whole other dimension. It's like, especially when I do the open houses, because what I usually do is I, I time it <clears throat> to, you know, when the sun goes down in real life outside, mm-hmm. it becomes nighttime on the layout, the lights go down and the moon comes out and the crickets start chirping and the, all the lanterns come on and, uh, you know, oh, cool. then you're in night train operations. So yeah. yeah, that's a lot of fun. That's now the, fun. you said led lighting, you use led mm-hmm. lighting. Is that like, um, is that like shop lights or what kind of, what do you, what kind of lighting? No, LED uh, they're, they're warm, they're warm, they're uh, warm white leds, uh, the, the bulbs, you know, that you get cause it's a right. track light system that I inherited okay. uh, that, that gotcha. came with the space where the layout is and originally had CFLs in it and I've yeah. changed them out, uh, I'm changing them out all out for uh, warm white LEDs and, nice. and halogens in some places. Yeah. And you find the that much brighter? Hard, don't last very long. Hmm? You find the, the LEDs the much brighter? About the same? It depends on which ones you get. Yeah. It, it, yeah. But yeah, it, it's about the same. Yeah. Cause I've been in like my shop, yeah. my modeling shop, I've been putting LED uh, they're shop lights, but they're, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I put, I put one over each bench and, uh, I was using those, those, um, hot lights on my workbench, mm-hmm. uh, right. cause, you know, for years now. And, uh, mm-hmm. but they take up, I have like three of them on my bench and they were eating up a ton of space, right. you know, because my workspace, cause they're the base and everything else that's on them. And, right. you know, but the odd lights, I don't, I don't know if you ever worked with odd lights or if you're familiar with them, but mm-hmm. they, you know, they gave me when I'm, you know, doing detailed painting and stuff, they were awesome. Well, I went and bought an LED shop light and put it over my workbench, and it's so bright. I love the, I love how bright it is, but it's so bright yeah. that I can't see the lights <laughs> on with the LED. So I just took them off my bench. <laughs> you know, it's a, yeah. I, I don't know need what you them. mean. I, I, I replaced the lights on my workbench too. I was like, oh, I don't need new glasses. It was yeah. just the lighting was bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> All this. All this time, I can actually see what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really shocked because it's, you know, I, I was like, oh, 5,000, 5,000 looms, you know, on each one of these lights. So combined, I had 10,000 looms in a, in a eight foot section. Lumen, whatever. Yeah. Lumen. 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 Okay. Yeah. 10,000 lumen in one little eight by eight eight uh sorry, eight by ten section i guess it would be where my workbenches are and it's mm-hmm. uh uh it's 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 like killer bright it's uh, it's insane but um you get some welding know. goggles what's that you should get some welding goggles <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i just was curious at, at how led would work with uh lighting up on a layout and how you applied the led lights and now i know so I get, I get, I get the ones that are. I, I don't know how many lumens they are, but they're they're like equivalent to a seventy-five watt bulb. Okay, gotcha, you know. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's, those are the ones I buy. I go to down to Ace Hardware, and those are the ones I pick up. So, gotcha. Okay. Your my your mileage may vary. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Um, uh, gonna ask you something else. Then we got talking to the lights. And uh, I kind of slipped my mind on that one. Um, but as far as uh, future builds for you guys on your own outside of the, 
outside of the company that you guys are with the Crescent Creek models. Um, it, are you guys planning something that you really, really want to do, you know, down the road here, something new or I, I have, uh, I have kind of switched hobby gears for what it's worth more yeah. into my, uh, more into my, you know, business of, of design and, and, and getting the kits to happen. I kind of put my personal hobby projects on the back burner. I, and, and it's easy for me to do. There's a certain amount of satisfaction for me, Todd, to mm-hmm. create something, not just for me, but now that I can share with everybody that ends up on their layout. When I realize I just make something for myself, well, it might end up on Facebook or something, but there's no train shows to take it to. Right. Uh, I, I just, I, I like doing it. And for me, I've been building kits at work for the last I don't know, three weeks yeah. solid, just kit after kit after kit. I kind of need to break that up with some design and some research and, and some uh, trial and error and the things. If I had a choice between building a kit mm-hmm. or designing a new kit, I'd rather design my kit than build something out of the box. Yeah. So Yeah, I get that. You know, yeah. That's yeah. where I've gotten some satisfaction. I. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'm well, yeah, one of our. <laughs> to to Jake's point, you know, we have a we have a group on Facebook called CCM Builders Club, which anyone can join. Right, um, it's a great group. And it is what we we love we love to see is pictures of your builds and and if you're building one of our kits, man, we want to see it. Please post pictures on it because it's it's uh, it's 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 a it's just a big kick for us uh, to to see what other people do with this stuff and you know. And if you have any questions or you want tips or, you know, complain, whatever. <laughs> we're, we're there for hey, you. we can totally relate to that. We, we've we had people build kits and stuff and we run contests or, or mm-hmm. uh, do the or group even build. Just like seeing, the group build now. Even just hearing about people's yeah. builds as we as we talk to them and then hearing them, pro- seeing them progress. That. Yeah. yeah. The participation. I mean, speaking of the barn. We've seen a couple of builds are just phenomenally good. I mean, they're just a, wow, yeah. these guys did a great job. <laughs> this is beautiful, you know. Right, and it's your, the pilot it's your model kit. easily, yeah. Yeah, it's, right. it's just beautiful. So you look at it, and like Jake was saying, you're looking at it and you're going, oh, that's so cool. It's something I mm-hmm. helped design, and yeah. then there it is. And these guys yeah. are enjoying it, and they're getting something great, and it's on their layouts. You know, mm-hmm. that's got to be yeah. That's going to be kind of satisfying for you guys, you know? We're we're making something that didn't exist before, Uh you know? Uh, If if the kits, if if anyone else builds a kit, they're building a kit and someone's already designed it, and that that builder designer got the satisfaction (laughs) of, of, um, of, of, you know, designing and manufacturing it, and that's, I think, what's kind of captured me and and building the kits there's a certain amount of creativity and there's a certain amount of repetitiveness to it but when i'm making something that's unique there's a different satisfaction out of that if i wasn't building kits i would probably be scratch building structures because Mm -hmm. i would find something or see something that i had to have that nobody else had right so and it's the problem solving and figuring it out that's appealing that's that's, yes. that's that's where the satisfaction comes from it's like right. even when you're just designing something you know flat in a computer program figuring out how it all goes together or how it will go together as a kit 
It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fascinating to do. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's so cool. We both enjoy doing that. Yeah. yeah. Now, Jake, uh, I recently saw a picture of you and, um, our friend uh, we just recently had on the show. Um, yeah. Uh, you want to tell us about it? Yeah. So- uh, James Powell and I had uh, had dinner the other night, and I got a chance to meet him. Uh-huh. And we know a few of the same people. He, uh, he was coming down to Los Angeles about twice a week with his business. He uh, manufactures a lot of uh, fiberglass products and and other things that get used in entertainment industry and comic book industry mm-hmm. and so uh conventions and things like that real creative oddball stuff and we've used a lot of the same people we're familiar with a lot of the same processes uh for these things to get built and so it was great to meet, oh, him, meet up with him and talk shop oh he's hysterical <laughs> he's uh, very creative and motivated individual and uh dinner didn't last long enough he had to drive back to fresno last night from los (laughs) angeles so i'm looking forward to uh meeting with james the next time he comes down uh we know a lot of the same people in the hobby and just the stories about the uh san juan central and oh yeah yeah. things like that yeah i I had him on the i had him uh talking with him prior to uh this show uh, recently we were talking and I told him, I said, we had him on the show, obviously. And, and he was sure. a great guest. He's a lot of fun, but his voice. And he said, nobody ever told him this before, but I swear if you go back and listen to that episode or listen to his voice on his videos on YouTube and just shut out, close your eyes and listen to it. It is Randy Quaid. <laughs> he has the same voice as Randy Quaid. I'm not saying cousin Eddie, and, you know, Randy Quay, but but he has that same voice, and uh, I have to go back and listen. That's pretty funny. <laughs> he said nobody ever told me that before. I was like, well, oh, I, that's I said, funny. It just does to me, but uh, and, and I think it just has to do with his enthusiasm and everything he says. Absolutely, you know? and that's yeah. that's that's what it is. He's got that enthusiasm in his voice. But I thought it was so cool that we have a creative person such as yourself and. And his creativity that he has, and you're both high spirit people, uh, to to oh, be oh, out thanks. to lunch together and, uh, and and enjoying or dinner or whatever you had there, and and uh, just to be out uh, getting to meet each other and and, uh, and enjoying each other's conversation. That must have I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall for that one, but um, well, it wouldn't have happened without your show, Todd. So oh. uh, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it happened because of your show, you know, and Facebook and and right. and the whole sort of networking of of sorts. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, and uh, I think it's a family that builds. Everybody, you know, it's, sure. It's it, you know, we met you, I met you at the show, um, and, but right. then we got we were talking over some beers and stuff, and next thing you know, we're friends, and now you're on the show, and now we you know we, we love getting together with you guys and. Uh, and and through you we met Dave and then you know we had Jason there at the show as well so you got to meet him sure. and now you guys are all buddies and and all the modelers even the ones that, that don't have their own shows everybody knows each other um, and it's like I said being a part of our little community um, for all these people 
Um, we're getting to know all these different milers. I'm sure you're getting to know more and more of them through our through it too, being yeah, uh, they're yeah. with us all the time, and um, and it's so wonderful. Everybody shares everything together. It's it's about. I think it's one of the best uh, um, groups of very unselfish people that I've seen. And, yeah, uh, yeah, great. Yeah. So well, it's especially well, important I, I, now since there's no train shows. You know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. It, you can't go to a convention right now. So. And I think the I think the cool thing is a lot of people have taken it upon themselves to um, do a lot of digital um, rooms. Or like, you know, I mm-hmm. listen, we all Zoom or we all do whatever we need to for work now, which I don't want to hear the word Zoom one more time in my life if I have <laughs> if I have anything to do with it. But yeah, I, got you one tomorrow. I, I think it's part of our, you know, lives for the short term. And uh, I think the one thing that's awesome about it and one thing that, you know, we've done and we I've seen a bunch of other people doing now is doing these Zooms where uh, or, or rooms where people can join and just chat on a Friday night or a Saturday night or whatever um mm-hmm. and you know we we've we've turned something and could have been bad and it could have shut us out from a lot of a, a lot of different social events and we've turned it into our own social events so you know you can sit in your basement and and talk to all these other people all over the globe really and still keep building and and you know shoot the breeze as modelers so yeah it's been a pretty cool yeah. thing to see happen uh even though you know we didn't really want it to happen. It, we've it's actually made something really neat with it, and hopefully, you know, as we're all able to kind of eventually, hopefully, reacclimate back into normal society at some point, uh, we can uh, hopefully continue to you know meet up online when I'm talking to people from sure. all over the country or world um, yeah. on a Zoom call about building a model. Right. It it just and I you, think you know I think what? it's made us realize we can connect with people. Whether even if we're not going to a show, we can still connect with people um, with relative ease and not having to travel. Right. So, anyways. I think one thing that's been great about your show is all of us as listeners have had a chance to listen to other kit manufacturers, how they're developing their product, how their process works. And I'm paying attention. Because I've got to do the same thing, and they've already done it. So rather than yeah. try and reinvent the wheel, uh, learn from these guys who are already producing stuff, and right. and you know, make yeah. make what we make our own unique. Sure. But at least share share the same sort of process, and 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 kind of keep that in mind when we when we start our our, our new yeah, project. Right. Yeah, you get the good uh, and the bad from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the ugly. Mostly good. Mostly yeah. good, I'd say. And the ugly. Now, <laughs> and you bring that up. It's um, it, it, it it's not just milers. It, 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 the kit manufacturers are now in on it too. I mean, since we have a lot of the people that are there watching or listening, or sometimes the kit manufacturer guys jump on, and they're there and. I, I think it's great. It's brought them directly to the modeling, not yeah. our show. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about our show mm-hmm. necessarily. I'm talking about the, the the way communication has been happening now in the hobby. Right. It's bringing everybody in because of what we've had to do now. And I think it's brought everybody closer 
in a relationship thing. And some in some ways, for as a kit manufacturer, that may not be the best thing in the world because <laughs> then if there is an issue, um, it could be. I mean, it could it could definitely help solve issues quickly. Um, but mm-hmm. in other way, because you'll be able to communicate and reach people. However, it might also you might also get people that bug the daylights out of you. But no, it, you know. <laughs> No, yeah, well, never. You know, We've it, been it, it happens, <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, there well, you go. You know what? It, but yeah, it occurs to me that that all of this, the podcast and the Zoom and the online and then the live streams and stuff like that, it, this goes this goes back further than the current situation that we're in. This goes mm-hmm. back to the loss of the local hobby shop. Yeah, where yeah, where you used to go in and lean on the counter and shoot the breeze. Yeah. With with other modelers for you know an hour and what do you guys do? What are you working on? What's that? What's new? Yeah, you know the, it's really this is like the local hobby shop now, right? Uh, you know, especially for someone like me, there are no hobby shops here. I mean, all, <laughs> That's it. There's, I think there's one left. There's one train shop left in Arizona, in in the, in wow. the Phoenix area. And uh, they're all the rest of them are closed. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 a great outlet and it's a great way uh, to communicate and meet up with other modelers. There is one in in our area um, in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's it's called uh, Tommy Gilbert's Hobby Shop. And Tommy knows everybody in his hobby. There's probably a lot of people, even other manufacturers and stuff in here that know who Tommy is. But you go in there and Tommy's an older gentleman, but. Um, you'll go into his shop and you can sit there and anytime I've ever, there's always people there. There's like a, they have like a couch there (laughs) and there is, there's a couch there. (laughs) (laughs) It's a barber shop. Yeah, it's a coffee table. It's got model railroader magazines on the coffee table and and it sits right in front of the counter. The Mm -hmm. the couch sits right in front, facing the counter. Tommy sits behind the counter on a stool or chair or whatever he's got back there. I can't remember. And behind them is a million brass. A, behind them is a yeah. million brass locomotives. Oh yeah, on the wall on right. the shelves. Oh my god, it's insane. Right. But then, and but then, of course, his he's got his customers. They're not just customers. They're these are regular people. They're you could tell right. that they're every week, and uh, they're sitting there on Saturday morning or Sunday morning and they're or Sunday afternoon, and uh, they're 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 just shooting shooting the shit about about modeling and, and i think that's great you know all ages too you know yeah. it's so cool and he yeah. and he welcomely talks to him it's the old style and it's not much like you said there's not much of that left anymore so yeah the internet has good, kind of uh, changed that right yeah there's still a couple ahead, of good shops in la yeah yeah i mean there's there's the the the, the, the whistle stop and the train shack and uh, mm-hmm. those places but yeah, and in, in, in smaller markets, they've just really dried up and blown away. Oh yeah, now does the whistle stop and the train shack have a couch in there? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. They, they have. <laughs> the train shack has a Thomas play area, or at least they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, and it was it was awkward babysitting service for uh, young train enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if they've cleaned that no, up. There is, uh, so, so another I, one. real quick, this is just fun while we're on this talk, because um, you guys are from you know a different region. So, um, what is 
we're going to talk about hobby shops for a minute. What is a childhood or early memory hobby shop that you had in oh. your area growing up that when you think of the first word that comes to mind when you think of hobby shop, that's the first thing that you think of? Mm-hmm. Just just a fun, oh, Dave, just a fun thing you should do. Oh, Dave, did we shop at the same – Dave, did we shop at the same hobby shop if you grew up in uh, Orange County? Mini Trains was the one in Costa Mesa. Okay, see, I went to that. That was the main one that we went to because it was it was like it was right down the street from where I could walk there from my house. So when I was a kid, I loved that place. It was called Mini Trains. Yeah. So Dave, before we move on, before we go to Jake, what was the one thing in that hobby shop that just like sticks with you? Like that one memory. They were building a layout. They were building a like a four by eight or larger. It seemed huge to me because I was a little kid <laughs> at the time. Uh, they were building a layout in the middle of the of the store, um, and it was an ongoing project. And mm-hmm. it was amazing to go in, uh, you know, every week and see the progress as as it went forward. Or you know, as things got ripped out and replaced, and like, oh, I'm starting over here. So you can do that. So the whole thing is just to watch as a kid. Like, oh, good, I'm not the only one that does that. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, that, that's the main thing I remember. And the guy who like, I wish I could remember his name. Oh, the place. He was really nice, real friendly. He always called me Bud. Hey, Bud. Came <laughs> in, you know, real friendly guy. Didn't mind kids coming in and looking at the magazines and just you know. Yeah. He's very encouraging to young people in the hobby. That's where good. dreams uh, are built. Where yeah, dreams exactly. are made, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, so absolutely. So what about you, Jake? So there was a hobby shop in uh, in my area called Frank's Hobby Shop, and mm-hmm. I would go in there, and they had about a six by six uh, layout in the front window, and it was terraced. So the lower level was HO scale. The middle mm-hmm. level was HON3, and the top layer level was N-scale. And so it was just these these three loops, terraced, kind of going up the hill. And they had all these beautiful uh, rock castings on them and some bridges and waterfalls. A lot of Campbell structures were on the uh, thing and some scratch-built trees. It was just a beautiful early era, you know, 70s craftsman-built layout with hand laid track and things like that and so all this little attention to detail that that we've come to appreciate in the hobby of, of the craftsman mindset was right there for you to see and and i i think i quickly uh realized that my three rail o scale trains were not nearly as cool as the <laughs> ho and then the ho and three stuff that i eventually yeah. got into as a kid yeah mm-hmm. yeah so Cool. Now, were there places you could go in, like we said, and just shoot the breeze and talk with the people? or, or No, but, but you know, everybody gets to know the owner, or the owner gets to know right. everybody. And so there were some small conversations, but I don't remember hanging out yeah. and talking with the other railroaders much at, at age, you know, yeah. uh, 12 yeah, to true. Yeah. 17 kind of thing. But uh, really, we were, the, we were the, the nerdy kids going to the train stores. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, when I was then kid, I, had, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, and then, you know, all of a sudden you reach age 16 and you're like, wow, I can drive to oh, yeah. the hobby shop. Well, eventually at that age, you just keep driving right past the hobby shop because you're girls, cars, <laughs> other right. things. 
you know, it's like, oh, I remember driving past the hobby shop. So it yeah. was it was very yeah. short lived. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, that's funny. Yeah, because that's what happens uh, with that when you get that age. I knew Brett when I was. No. Brett and I were building together, and then Brett hit that age. He started building, getting into the kits and building kits and stuff. We were doing it together, and then we did that for a little while. He built a bunch, and then about the age he started driving, that kind of all just kind of no. went into boxes. <laughs> and well, uh, he was more one? concerned about his girlfriends and his hockey and his, you know, that kind of thing, his buddies. But yeah, mm. let me get back to it. What was that one kid I did? It all comes back around. Um, Dad, what was that one kid I did that movie theater? Um, was it the... Lowell Movie Theater? I think I think maybe it was. Was that a DPM? I forget. Or a Mangason kit. It Magnuson was, kit. It was, oh, it was, a it was an old Mangason, yeah. Yes, it was. That's right. Man, that's... You did a bunch of Magnusons. We ordered you a bunch of Magnusons. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. crazy. Um, that was fun. So, what about you, Dad? What was that? What was your first like big hobby well, shop experience? Well, your de- your grandfather took me. It was before I really knew a lot. I didn't really get into it at that time. But he was into, especially at Christmas time. This was know, the train. This now wait before we talk about this story. Nope. This was when my dad nope. would blow up trains with firecrackers. Him and my uncle. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. We could do a whole episode on that. We probably could. Um, yeah, because I'd sneak, you know, my brother and I. We should I, get Pap you know, on. Hey, we should get Pap on for an episode and tell have him yeah. tell us of all the nightmares that you guys put him through with the yeah, train set. We, we definitely should. <laughs> um, no, the, um, the, I went to, my, my dad would take me down to Camp Hill, PA, and uh, just outside of Harrisburg, and um, he would, um, there was a, it was like a, it was like a pole building, you know, like a, like a warehouse type pole building, a small one. And, um, the front half had a store in it. And then the back, the back half had was a that down in Le Moyne? No, oh. no, it was, uh, down near, um, down near, um, the fire station in, in, um, I'm sorry. You probably have to edit this till I get it out of my head. <laughs> but it'll be um, three uh, hours later. Yeah, the Lower Island Fire Department. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It was back. Yeah, right where that sat. It was a pizza shop. It was there. an old. Blo- it was an old center oh. block building. Yes. Yeah. And it was big though. Yeah. And um, in the one section, it was maybe I don't know, maybe thirty yards, um, or thirty or forty yards long. So that's a good good size. And uh, it had a giant layout on it, and it was very, very, very mm. detailed, big. I mean, he had the lights. He had to walk through it. and it, No charge. You know, whenever they were open, they didn't open until the evening because uh, apparently they had regular jobs. And um, <laughs> and then he, he would let the people come in. He had, like, his own little private booth that he hid in, like the, like the Wizard of Oz, you know, man behind the mm. curtain. And he kind of ran it all from there. And it was just a fascinating thing with big mountains and scenery and things like that. It was it was cool because it was so close to home. But the the trick was he gets you in there and then you exit out into his store, which sold everything, you know. 
Um, through the gift shop. Yeah, it, it wasn't was a, a good size store. It was a, it was a hobby store, you know. It's where yeah. you could buy. It was where you could buy the, uh, um, the you know the kits and and the, on the train sets and all that stuff to get yourself going. And that's what he did. He used the one to drag people in there and get them hooked, and then mm-hmm. they buy, you know. And then the ones that were already hooked, they would just go in every time just to see it again, you know, and then mm-hmm. buy something again. Um, that was a that was one of the cool places that I remember. There was another hobby shop close by. It was just called. I don't even know what it was called, guys. It was just one of the signs that said "Hobbies and Trains" on the outside. It didn't really have a name. It was just hobby shop, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. went there. That's where I started buying my first um, Campbell kits and things like that, and um, trying to build them. And then they would look at you, and you're you're young, and they're like, "No, kid." You're, you, you really want to build that because that's a, that's a lot of work, you know. And they had to, they're pointing at the plastic one. Maybe you should do the plastic one, you know. But, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where I got my start in hobby shops. And that was one of those ones, too, where you could go in and there was always somebody hanging around the counter, uh, shooting the breeze and stuff. So, um, that was, that was kind of cool. But, so, anyhow, that's funny that you mentioned that one, Dad, because the one down there in New Cumberland or wherever that was. By the Laura. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. They, I, Grandma took me there. Oh, okay. I was in it. I know I was in it. It was, uh, it was, it's, it was tucked in down there where the new Lower Island Police Station is, right? Right, right. Yeah, I know where that one is. So, okay. Grandma, um, Mom's mom, Grandma Knotts, she actually took me there when I was a kid, and I remember that place. Um, uh-huh. That wasn't my first, like, uh, favorite hobby shop though because i don't think he had the store then it was just the layout yeah um it was a shame when he tore it all apart it's like anything you see you know they, they well they, they got they got bought out by the township that right well no he sold the stuff in oh, yeah. pieces it got, the people came by and they took sections of it and they bought you know it bought it all it's out someone else's basement now yeah you know and you're like ah, you hate <laughs> to see him marching that stuff out the door and stuff because it's something so, he grew up watching but yeah my first uh Hobby shop uh, experiences were the Kranzels down in the when they were in Mechanicsburg. Oh yeah, remember that? The you know remember? Yeah, he did RC cars and stuff like yeah, that. But yeah, but he had a whole he had like three or four rows of just train stuff. Yep. yep. And then um, whenever you took me to the uh, one down there in. Um, I don't even know if it's even open anymore. Was it in New York? Was it in New York? In New York? The station? Yeah. Uh, the station's in, in New Cumberland. No, 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 no. There was one down. It was either Lancaster or York. It was down there along Route 30. Oh, down Lancaster. That is the Strasburg Railroad train shop. No, oh, no, no, not State that Texas one. Texas. Not that one. It was in a rail car. Oh, Paul's model railroad yes. shop is New Oxford, Pennsylvania. New Oxford. It was on Route 30. I knew that. And that's where the old San Juan Central used to be kept. Yeah, so that was my first uh, That was yep, my first right, right. recollection wow. of a yeah. model of Small a Small world, huh? Yeah. Yes. So that was my first recollection of of anything like train shop or hobby related. And then mm-hmm. when I got older and I started buying my own stuff cuz I was working, you know, I, when I was 15 or so and I was able to work part time, uh, all my money. I remember I used to drive down. I would drive mom's car to Gettysburg, 
to, to, to Tommy's, which you had talked about. Mm-hmm. Yep. And at the time, Tommy's was like, that was the bomb. You had to go to Tommy's yeah. uh, to get any, you know, anything good. Uh, and that was really before a lot of the big online stuff started. Um, because believe it or not, Dake and Jave, oh, Jake and Dave, I just mixed your names up really bad. Dake and Jave. Dake and Jave. <laughs> Dake and having some beers, okay? I had one. I had one. So I'm fine. I had one. Dake and Jave. That's what I'm going to call you from now on, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, Jake and Dave. Which one is which? It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> whichever you want. <laughs> no, anyways. Uh, so I was fortunate enough, I think, to be kind of in between generations where I didn't necessarily always have the internet, you know? So I, right. I still, I was only like the kind of the fringe between all online and not online. And, uh, mm-hmm. when I was a teenager and even up until like early twenties, a lot of the major online retailers weren't even, they weren't there yet or they weren't big yet. They weren't robust. So it was either eBay or you were going to a hobby shop. Uh, so, so Tommy's was the place for me. Like my dad had mentioned earlier, Tommy had everything. Tommy had everything under the sun. So that was my first like major hobby shop. So yeah. anyways, cool. I, we got off. That well, wasn't, we took a really weird. I know, but that there. wasn't planned, but that was a cool little, like, yeah, I don't know. It's something I think when you're well, younger, we have these guys on nothing's planned. I know, but I, I think it's, I think it's something cool. We when get them on. We don't have a game plan. I know. We just jumped in. But it's something neat yeah. when you're younger. You know, you don't, and you're starting to get out, get into the hobby, and you're getting into this. And there's always, I think, some, some visions that pop into your head as like that first couple moments when you got into the into right. modeling. So yeah, yeah that, that that brings up another uh, similar question to the hobby shop is. What's what's the first model train layout oh. that you saw in person that just blew you away and made you think I want to do that? For me, it was it was at the uh, there was a, Jake will remember this at the Los Angeles Museum of Science and Industry. They had this amazing layout and it had it was O scale I believe and it uh you know would go from day to night and it was the entire like LA basin laid out with the trains going through and uh you know just all these amazing structures and there was airplanes landing and it was just this incredible uh, incredible thing like I, I would say that we'd go on there as, uh, on field trips as kids and I would just they couldn't get me out of there I'd be standing yeah. there with my face against the glass and wouldn't want to leave <laughs> you know I was like, wow, I, I want to build that. That was amazing. Yeah. That's what did it for me. What was it for you, Jake? You know, I never saw that layout as a kid, but uh, as, as a youth, my uh, my grandpa took me to Los Angeles Live Steamers, which wow. uh, the Disney barn wasn't there yet. But I remember my grandpa picked up uh, a Little Engines catalog for me. And I took that thing home, and that thing was dog-eared <laughs> after years and years of just pouring through it. I mean, you would read it, and you're like, wow, I could build a locomotive that I could sit on, and it's made of metal, and it's got real steam in it. And it's like all these things just kind of fill your head, and I never became a live steam guy, although I have a certain appreciation for the work that's gone into it. It is incredible. And 
Yeah, and I, I got fascinated with it. And, you know, there's also, while Dave and I have talked about Disneyland and, and, and many times, also Knott's Berry Farm. You know, Knott's Berry Farm was close. Oh, yeah. My parents took me to Knott's Berry Farm. And there is the West in the middle of urban Orange County. And you're like, wow, all these old dilapidated buildings, an old steam train. And so these things really make an impression on you. And I think it's why we're here where we are today. It's why we are the way we are. And the great thing about yeah. Knott's, too, that people forget this, is it was free. You just walk it was in free. on Beach Boulevard. You just walk yeah. right in. Yeah, back in those days when we were kids. You know, we didn't have any money, but <laughs> you, could, you could look at stuff. You could look at Mott's miniatures. You could look at the trains, you know. And so it was fun. Yeah, they they sold individual tickets for rides. That's right. <laughs> Because they were run by different vendors back then, right? That's right. What about you, Dad? Little OC, little OC history there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for me, I would pick up Model Roadrunner magazine at the newsstand in Des Moines, and um, I would, because they always had it, and every month I'd pick it up when I was a kid, and I just used the basic trains that we had at the house and stuff. But I would always read them, and I was always fascinated. I really hadn't gotten into the hobby yet. But that's where that's where the magic started, and that was when I started seeing photos of uh, you know John Allen's um, G and D, you know, and um, mm-hmm. that that one and uh, the um, I, I always say G and D because I can't ever pronounce it, the second word. Uh, it's the Gore and Daffy. Defeated. defeated. Gory defeated. defeated. Gore defeated. Okay. Gory and defeated. Yeah, I just never pronounce it right because it doesn't sound like defeated. It, it's not spelled right. the same way, you know. It's not but spelled anyhow, like it sounds. Yeah, and uh, so and I, I just never, I just never bothered to learn to say it right, or ask people that actually knew. And now <laughs> I do. Now I know. Just say defeated <laughs> so, from now on. <laughs> so anyhow, John Allen had a I whole just, backstory. He had a whole backstory behind that name because it was like this was like. After the Civil War, these people came and they settled this area. And he would have little figures that, like, you know, like like amputees with stumps and crutches. And yeah. so it was called uh, the Gorian Defeated. <laughs> That's where all that came from. Well, yeah. I was fascinated with the giant bridges and and the structures. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not just that the the floor to ceiling mountains and stuff. And they'd show right. these photos, and they, he, it was in Model Railroader a lot. You know, that was yeah. It was a lot, and it was almost every month. It seemed like, or something what? was built from the the G and D. You know, Gorn defeated. But um, that that was one. And then, of course, as I got a little older, the uh, the Malcolm Furlow one uh, yeah. touched me. And then shortly after that, when I became an actual adult, and I, <laughs> I still was uh, wore out the. The uh, uh, Dave Frary articles in, in Model Roadrunner mm-hmm. were also a big thing for me to read. But, um, and then of course it became, uh, you know, the Franklin South Manchester and uh, George mm-hmm. Selyus. But, but um, from when that started coming out on photos in my early 20s or so. Um, so, but yeah, that, that's, that's what, that was my inspiration. So, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. mine's a little different. Um, but I'm a little different, so that's fine. Uh, so <laughs> the, uh, you be you. the, the thing that, um, I think started my interest in 
just building models was, and my dad will know what I'm talking about. My grandma had a small building forever that she kept in. What was that cabinet she had, Dad? Had like the glass. Was a there's an old wooden desk with a glass front. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And it closes up. Yeah. You know. Um. Sure. So she had a building my dad had built, and I don't even know what the model was, or if you scratch built that, or what that thing was. But it was it was a uh, was it, it a Campbell? Was a, um, yes, it Campbell's. I'm looking at it right now. It's on my shelf here. She so you gave it to you me. have it now to restore, and we'll talk yes. about that. But when I was young, I would see that, and that was my first like introduction to building a model because I was always told that you know my dad built that and it would just sit in the cabinet and uh it's not a layout but I knew that through asking he had a train layout at one time and then I was the thing that stopped that but um anyways (laughs) (laughs) uh and now full circle now full circle we're here but um you know that piqued my interest and then I you know, I started building models with my dad. Uh, they weren't model railroad models. It'd be my the aircraft carrier or a car yeah. or something like that. And then um, my I had discovered my dad's book on the Franklin South Manchester, so I would leaf through that. Uh, and then there you uh, go. That's what set me off. <laughs> on once I started looking at that book, I wanted to get a train set. And then I didn't see it in person until shoot two years ago the franklin south manchester but once i started digging into that my grandparents would take me to what we have up in our area which is roadside america which uh, oh right you know from a from a from a craftsman modeler standpoint or a high detail modeler standpoint you know eh, you know it's it is what it is but as a kid man that is like that's the cat's meow. Yeah. You got right. You got a you got a huge warehouse sized building full of trains, and I'm like ten. So, man, lots I, of animation. It, there's planes. Thing, there's yeah. blimps. There's the carnival. You know, what are those? What's the what's the manufacturer that makes all the German carnival stuff? Um, uh, Faller. Faller. Yeah. yeah. So Faller, you got yeah. like that kind of stuff going on all over the place, and I'm ten. So there's just it's like sensory overload. So that's kind of what set that's kind of what set me off into being very interested in the like just the building a, a layout. Um, yeah. uh, so so for me, it wasn't necessarily seeing a single layout in the beginning. It was more about like seeing my dad building that. He, I knew from being told that my dad built that couple Campbell's models that my grandma had saved uh, and put in a little glass case uh, that. I was, I just, it started to pique my interest because it was so cool. It was so intricate. Um, and I had always, I mean, I've always kind of been into the arts and I've always been a little bit more art minded and design minded. So that kind of, I think is what kind of sparked everything. Actually, if you could go back, it probably is what sparked me just being interested in art and design in general. So yeah, that's where I'm at. But mm-hmm. but but I will say cool. seeing my first like major craftsman layout in person, which was the Franklin South Manchester, like major craftsman, um, famous layout, life changing yeah. layout moment was was that one. And unfortunately, it wasn't mm-hmm. until just a couple of years ago. <laughs> so yeah, cool, cool, yeah. I mean that, that that's a good that was another good question. So 
right. Well, hey, real quick, let's do our Patreon questions real quick. Um, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Because I think uh, – actually, I think James put a doozy in there, so we'll find out what that is. <laughs> oh, no. All right. First one is from Ron Piskel. How much impact did the geographic area you grew up in uh, influence your modeling choices? And I'll, I I'll think just Dave can answer that one the best. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's interesting. It's a hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> not where I grew up, and then where I moved to, and spent a lot of time hiking and exploring and camping and fishing and all over the Colorado plateau and uh, the Colorado narrow gauge country up in the Rockies. And, uh, but, but growing up in orange County, you know, a half an hour from, from uh, Disneyland and Knott's Berry farm, like Jake said, that influenced, influenced me greatly. And, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, I was a model railroader for, for a number of years before I started on the, the layout I'm doing now, I had to give myself permission to do the fanciful kind of Disney-esque layout that I'm doing now. Cause they're like, Oh, people are going to, they're going to hate this. They're going to think it's, 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 that's not prototype. Like I had to just get to the point where I didn't care. Um, because that's what I wanted to do. So yeah, it, I would say that, yeah, the answer to the question is it, it influenced me a lot. The first steam engine I ever saw was at Disneyland. So it was like, that's to me, that's always like, that's the, you know, that's the gold standard. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Good. What about you, Jake? Well, um, I, I'm going to um, echo, echo Dave's uh, because, uh, experiences because, you know, we grew up in Orange County. So, you know, Knott's Disney steam locomotives, my parents took me to Durango when I was really young and I had no idea what I was going on until I got there. And I've probably mentioned this in other podcasts before, but it was just such a time machine to go back in history, to see these old mining towns, to ride this old equipment, to be in the beautiful mountains. It just, it, it's one of those things you just can't quite get out of your system. And, and it, there, there's something about the journey of that trip where you live, you're, you're in this small town and you, you go in this very isolated area. And when you get up into nature, it keeps, um, you become more and more isolated from civilization. So you really don't know if you're in the present, you know, as a kid in the 1970s, or if you're in the past in the 1880s or 1890s. Because everything you see is as it would have been 100 years ago. You're in a coal-fired steam engine. You're, the coach is rocking back and forth. And then you get out of the train, and you're in an old west mining town. And so it really it's, – it's transformative to some degree. And, and I think that memories of that stuff growing up is, is what uh, kind of left an impression on me. Okay. Um, yeah. What about you, Dad? We'll, we'll just go around the table. What about you? The, our geographic area. Geographic area, I mean, I've always kind of been, you know, Dave said it earlier, we, we like doing the waterfront stuff. And to yeah. me, um, you know, we're you two know hours from because we live right in a harbor, the Chesapeake Bay region, um, you know, the Potomac River, 
which feeds out into the, you know, into the ocean. So, I mean, that, that, into the, well, you know what I'm saying, into the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah, I got it's it. It's all waterfront down that way. And, and, you know, but we're, we're, I've always, we even have waterfront along the Harrisburg area. So I've always been fascinated with waterfront stuff. Um, when we travel, um, we do, uh, you know, it's always usually East Coast. We've been to beaches and, um, you and I have done fishing out of Luz, Delaware, and those types of places. Yeah. So, you know, deep sea fishing, that type of thing. And, you know, so you spend time in the marinas. I've been fascinated with that. That's been my inspiration as far as geographic area goes. Um, just that region, um, those kind of those kind of cities that are built along, you know, fishing towns. And in, in not so much the northeast fishing towns, but the mid Atlantic, like the yeah, so, yeah. the mid East. Yeah, if that's right. even that, is that even a thing? Did I invent a new term? The mid East. Nah, it's just mid Atlantic. But yeah, I know what you mean. Anyways, yeah. um, you don't you don't want to say we're not in the Middle East. Anyways, no. um, <laughs> I I have to agree with my dad. I think the one thing that we're spoiled with where we live, and I don't know about how it is out west. I think it's a little bit farther of a drive from like state to state, but in a in a three hour circle within our area you can hit like four states or five states and you can hit oh yeah you know a, a large geographic region from appalachian mountains all the way down to the shoreline so yeah i can be in the appalachian mountains and then well you know what you're in, in california it. you can do it too you can be in in the mountains right yeah jake and then the next thing you know you're at the beach so so here, here's what i have to ask you about all these different areas how far do you guys have to drive to go on a steam-powered or even diesel tourist railroad somewhere? Thirty ah, minutes. Yeah, thirty minutes. That's that's kind of what you know. Dave and I are you know doing this on the West Coast, far away. Yeah. To, you know, driving distance to I get think to these tourist railroads. So maximum time within us is probably if you drew a one-hour, if you if you could draw a one-hour circle of travel in our area, there's probably yeah. a dozen or more. At least a at wow. least a dozen or a dozen and a half. I mean, even old short short line or or narrow gauge uh, historic railroads. There's probably a dozen or more in our area, especially fact, they just opened one. Uh, especially Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is yeah. packed yeah. full of them. Right. So probably mm-hmm. I would say if you had a five hour drive within Pennsylvania or within a a five hour circle of PA, you're gonna hit a couple dozen. Wow. Dave can tell you how far he had to go for his last steam experience. <laughs> oh, well, I went to Roaring Camp, but that, I didn't have to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> he chose to. <laughs> uh, he chose to. I could have gone to Durango, which is a six-hour drive from here. But uh, I think right. I think we are pretty yeah, – we're my, both pretty close. My dad and I are pretty spoiled, and anyone on the East Coast is pretty spoiled with uh, railroad history. Um, oh, you know, that's great. It, it's – it's um, the East Coast is very rich. Yeah, well, in, in East Broad. History. We have the East Broad Top Railroad. Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I mean, that. shoot, yeah. even they just opened it. You know, so even out. Let me look this up real quick. Even out near me, um, out in well, my dad knows what I'm talking about. Out in Western Perry County, there's there's an uh, I run out there all the time in the Tuscarora Mountain, uh, range. There's an old steam line that was used to carry coal out of the mountain. Um, 
they thought they thought it was going to be a prospect for gold. I think it was gold, and um, the guy built this huge line that came out, and it ended up just being coal, and um, they ended up turning it into a big coal uh, pullout, like a big coal pullout mountain railroad, uh, and it's built right on the side of the mountain. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. There's a mountain. It's a steep, steep grade railroad line that's built on the side of this mountain, uh, and the the rail's no longer there, but the entire railroad grade is is still there. You can hike down it. Uh, it's it's crazy. So right. our whole area is just I think just because it's got a I think a little bit longer history, a little bit more population early on when railroads were booming. It's just got a lot of railroad sure. history. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the cities are so much further spread out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and in our area, the resources back in the 1800s were much more plentiful to, to quickly build those things with steel, the steel industries. Even in Harrisburg, there's a monstrous steel industry. So getting rail transported just you know 50 miles outside of Harrisburg was no problem to, to, to transport rail. So yeah, there's, we were right next to Harrisburg. There's a lot of old abandoned uh, railroad lines that are just right outside of Harrisburg. I know one that along. Um, well, it's the big Penn State area. It's the big Pennsylvania railroad area. So I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. There's one along um, right up in Dauphin County, um, mm-hmm. up in Fishing Creek. There's an old uh, um, railroad line that runs uh, right up in Dauphin County, like the whole way out to Lebanon County. It's an old route. It's an it's a rail trail now, but it was an old it was an old logging and coal. Um, it was an old logging and coal uh, rail line that ran out. So I mean, they're they're, right. they're littered through the area. So it's it's a it's a really cool. rich railroad history area. Mm. All right, next question. This one is <laughs> we put those guys to sleep, Brett. No, it's cool yeah. stuff. It's cool stuff. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, no, all right, makes you want to go there. And and a lot of the rails aren't there anymore. They've been converted in the in the hiking trails or rail trails, which is still cool because. The preservation is there to, to maintain at least you know the rail bed, and you can go out and check it out. So, yeah. All right, next one is. Oh, well, Jake kind of c- touched on this earlier, but this is from Dazzy J. Tell us about your new job, Jake. And you 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 kind of touched on that with your studio that you're doing. Now. I, I think I covered it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh... and this last one is from James Powell. Ah. All right, and you, 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 James A. Powell. <laughs> Randy, it's Randy. It's Randy. It's Randy Quaid, yes. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say a comment. Full. I was gonna say the same thing. Anyways, <laughs> all right, <laughs> we're moving on. Um, okay. Wouldn't it be easy? And Jake commented on it. So he already saw it. But wouldn't it be easier for you guys to both move closer to each other? And open up a shop in some place like Needles, and I don't know what Needles is, so you're gonna have to tell us this because there was a little sub conversation that went on with that, and he and it ended up it ended up with James saying, "I'd rather poke needles in my eyes." So, I, I don't know what Needles is, but you got to give us a story on that. Needles is a desert dry spot. Yeah, it's right on the border. It's right on the border between Arizona and California, and. Uh, just to just say, you know, I wouldn't go there without a court order. So. <laughs> uh, 
now we're gonna get we're gonna get hate from from people in needles. Hey. <laughs> Do you have any Needle listeners fry. there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to Google it. Popular. You know, needles is a needles is a historic railroad town, though. You know, it's the okay. first railroad bridge across the Colorado River. Right. Uh, so hey, you know, that's uh, well, that's the, something, right? The population of needles is four thousand. So uh, there you go. Of uh, mm-hmm. the one listener needles that we have, um, please feel free to send us all the emails you got. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the decision we for Dave that, that would make things easier, wouldn't it? <laughs> the decision for Dave and I to be in separate states and put this enterprise together was not a practical one, but that never really has gotten in our way. So, so no, no. Um, and I, I don't know if we've talked about this in the past. How did you guys, um, like decide on? Well, first of all. You guys met through working with Disney, right? Well, we met through Sam Toller, I think, and just kind of knowing that we were both Disney train guys. Okay. Yeah. We met at the Fullerton uh, Railroad Fair. Yes. Or, yeah, it was the first time I met Dave. Yeah. yeah. The first time we met. I don't think we ever got that story. So if you, can you give us like the five-minute version of how you guys kind of initially hooked up together and, and started this whole crazy thing you got going on? I'll give you my version, and Dave can give you his, because okay. I, I, we, we both come into this a little differently. So <laughs> a gentleman that I worked with had a son who was really into trains, and his name is Sam Toller. Sam Toller was building a uh, uh, Nature's Wonderland model train of Disney from the 1950s, okay? And because I had done some Big Thunder stuff... Um, I wanted to see his layout, and so we kind of had this in common. And, of course, like I say, I knew his dad and worked on some uh, shows with him, Jim Toller. And I wanted to see his layout, and I knew Dave was going to be there. And, of course, Dave likes to build the same models. So, anyway, Dave and I, um, you know, had got associated through there and through Facebook and then Dave said, I just kind of popped the question one time. I said, Dave, it'd be really great if you and I would work on something together. And he's like, yeah, what would that be? I don't know. Months later, all of a sudden, Crescent <laughs> Creek models. So, yeah, I, Dave, you might have some other details to throw in there. but uh... No, that sounds, that sounds about right. I, I had traveled out there to meet uh, with Ray, actually, Ray Spencer. From oh, Disney. Ray, yes. Yeah, and uh, we were going to meet up at the Fullerton Railroad Fair and then go have lunch, which we did. And uh, anyway, um, because I was trying to get a job at Disney at the time, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, and I ended up meeting uh, uh, Jake and uh, several other people there, and that was uh, yeah, that was that was fun. And, and by the way, uh, Sam's layout is amazing, and it's uh, it's it's uh, at Griffith Park at Walt's Barn, inside of Walt's Barn. Yeah. So. He he'd be a good guest for you. Yeah, he would be a good guest. Yeah. Yeah, because he's yeah. a he's a trained guy. He's a he's a mm-hmm. modeler at Disney Imagineering. He he's designing and three D printing parts for our kits. Wow. Uh, so yeah. Well, let's see if yeah. we can make that happen. We got to make that happen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm all about that. Nice. Would be, be awesome. Cool. 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 Yep, yep. Well, you'll give me the information. We'll try and make Absolutely. that happen. Absolutely. You, you gave me some Absolutely. other names, and I haven't been able to get to work on that lately. 
but um, we're going to get to them as well. Cool. Cool. So, yeah. Sweet. Well, that wraps up. That's all of our patron questions. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a heck of a night tonight. Yeah. We went all over the place. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We always have a great time when we have you guys on, so we thank you for being here tonight. And uh, it's 11.32, and time for me to go to bed. It is late but, uh, here. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, but thanks, guys. It's always a pleasure. We had a lot of fun. We always laugh more with you guys than we laugh at <laughs> the other show. Not because you guys are funny looking, but you're because you're funny, you know? We have a good time. I don't know. That picture Jake <laughs> that picture Jake sent me last night of the him and uh James was pretty yeah. funny. Uh yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it's a pleasure as always and we're glad to have you guys as good modeling friends and, and uh thank you for being on tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Great to you be bet. Here.